Hey guys, back with another episode. Today we have a guest, Howie Not That Snowden. He uh, is a member of the Lions of Liberty and he is going to make this a fatal four way. Let's go. Hey, <laughs> glad to be here talking Liberty. Sure. There's a uh, whole lot going on nowadays, um, and we're cu- quickly coming up on the election. Yeah, so first, I want to ask you how, because when I interviewed Mark, he sort of said you were the reason for, I guess, him, I don't know, I guess, you were the gateway towards liberty for basically you're responsible for the lines of liberty. Yeah, I am kind of a liberty gateway drug in that sense, but I mean, really all credit is owed to Ron Paul because he's the one that got me interested in the ideas of liberty. Um, when I had met him, I wasn't really interested in politics at all. You know, I, I grew up, my, my dad was a Republican, my mom was a Democrat, you know, I didn't really think about it much. But um, I ended up being a congressional page and I'd hear Ron Paul on the floor all the time. And then I started reading about libertarianism. A couple of years later, I'm at Penn State with Mark, you know, many late night drunken conversations. He ended up being a liberty guy and uh, he spread that to Brian and Odie and everybody. And that's how it went. So, I mean, I'll credit to Ron Paul, not to me. I was just kind of a in between. But uh, hopefully Mark and you and everybody else out there spreading the word, you know, it just keeps growing. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a definite um, distrust amongst people within, you know, within the two-party system. And we just need to find a way to reach them with our message we there really is and this is a great opportunity i think right now with how like uh disillusioned everyone is with both parties um and i know a lot of people are like upset about what the lp has been doing of late but when i would think back to 1997 when i became a libertarian like the amount of libertarians and libertarian messaging going out to like the masses nowadays it's so much better it's amazing and i i really hope um you know i mean the lo- local elections are super important but i really hope we do get someone who can spread the message as like the lp candidate this year so i'm going to try to become a delegate i really think jacob hornberger could be that guy um i hope we don't end up with another you know failed republican failed democrat like chafee or someone but somebody who actually can speak the message and i mean jacob's like a regular guy who i think normal people would listen to like as opposed to you know nothing against him but i don't think vermin supreme's gonna you know convince <laughs> like any any boomers that uh libertarianism isn't the way yeah i was listening to someone yesterday who was saying that uh you know vermin's a really good like guy to talk to about liberty it's just that like kind of wish the boot isn't on his head yeah (laughs) 
I mean, if we didn't have someone so great like Jacob Hornberger, I would prefer Vermin Supreme over someone who's not really a libertarian and is just using the party to kind of uh, promote themselves like, like I think Well did. I don't want somebody out there telling us how great Hillary Clinton is. And you know, Oh, yeah, that was terrible. That, like, I mean, if there, if there wasn't Jacob Hornberger, I'd probably support Vermin Supreme too. Just, you know what, at least it'll get some attention, but I just don't, right now we have such an opportunity. It's, it's not the way to go. I don't think so. I, I can't, I keep seeing all these polls online where he's like beating Hornberger and all of them. I'm like, oh man, please don't let us waste this opportunity. I just, I mean, after last election, polls mean nothing. That's true yeah. too. So I, I think probably at this point, a lot of people are voting for Vermin Supreme in polls because they think it's funny. <laughs> it kind of is, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, a guy named Vermin, <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. I think we'll, uh, I just, I just want someone who is able to get the message across. I think a lot of people get confused about the message of liberty and hear terms like anarchism and get scared and stuff like that. I think we just need a messenger who is basically just preaching the non-aggression principle and is able to explain it in a way that, you know, or voluntarism, and just explain it in a way that people can think about it and people can relate to it. Yeah, and, and I'm not a, a purist either. Like, you don't have to agree with everything, but it's like, to me, you've got to be anti-war, at least these, like, interventionist wars that have been going on, which are, you know, not only are we killing people all over the world, but we're losing our own liberties at home with things like the Patriot Act and all that. Like you gotta be anti-war, you gotta be against the drug war and be like really standing up for Americans like liberties, like our first amendment, second amendment rights, especially, you know. That's that's all I'm asking for. Can, can we please just get someone that's like good on those things, like really good on those things? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean that's I that's why I like Tulsi so Tulsi Gabbard so much is because while she may have those socialistic views, she never talks about them. Yeah, I mean anti-war is her number one issue, and to me, it is the most important thing. I like her a lot too. And people always say they're like, well, that's the only thing she's good on. It's like, well, that's not true. She's good on that. She's good on the drug war, which is really important too. She's good on um, like the illegal spying of Americans that's been going on. She even like co-sponsored an audit the Fed bill. Like there's a bunch of good things about her, but she is someone the Democratic establishment would never let be the candidate. Kind of like I feel like they're not going to let Bernie Sanders be the guy if they have anything they they can do about it uh yeah i just saw an article about say from politico saying that the dnc is trying to change the rules again to stop bernie sanders yep so, so. what they what they have done um so everybody had com 
complained about the superdelegates, which are like high-ranking DNC party officials, members of Congress, um, some other Democratic donors, like they're the elite, they're the establishment, and they have a huge sway on who becomes the candidate. So this year they said, all right, you know what? We won't have the superdelegates vote in the first round. Only if it, nobody gets a majority, then it has to go to another one. Now they're afraid of having a brokered convention where Bernie might do well. And they're like, maybe we'll have the superdelegates vote in the first round after all, just so they could uh, put their thumb on the scale for Biden or whoever. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I was so sure that Kamala Harris was the chosen one. Oh, I, I think you were right. They wanted it, but the, the people yeah. just wouldn't take it. Well, I, I thought she was going to stick around in the race and they were going to use the superdelegates to basically give her the win. She did get out kind of early. I, I felt at the time that they maybe realized she wasn't going to win and she did that so she could be someone's VP choice, perhaps. Like, I think Amy Klobuchar is still in the race because she's running for VP. She's got to know she's not going to be the presidential candidate. She's running for VP, in my opinion. Well, the weirdest thing is I have no idea how she's qualifying for these debates. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Like, I don't understand how Tom's... Well, I mean, I understand he's got money and he's buying ads and stuff, but I still, I've never met a Steyer supporter in my life. Never met anyone who knows who he is. Yeah, barely. <laughs> I saw, I think it was just yesterday, Delaney dropped out. I didn't even know he was still running. I, yeah, I had no idea either. He was, when was the last time he was in a debate? The first one? Yeah, he was, I, th he, I think he might one, maybe? I think he maybe was only in the second debate. But uh, more DNC corruption. Apparently, Bloomberg has bought his way into the next debate. <laughs> Really? Wow. Yeah, I know he made like a $250,000 donation to the DNC and did some other stuff. And now they're talking about changing the rules so he can be part of the debate. Whereas they really didn't give a shit when like Cory Booker and people were trying to get them to change the rules a little bit. So it wasn't just all old white people. That's but. ridiculous. It's, it's so trend. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. No. You know, I mean, if this was 2016, we wouldn't have seen that article in Politico about trying to change the rules. But yeah. now they're just blatantly doing it. I don't even know what to think about, like, the boldness of the corruption on display. It's, I mean, do they just think no one can do or will do anything about it anyway, so who cares? Or, is it, or do they just think people are so dumb they're not going to notice? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I can hope is that there was an article a couple of months ago saying that 40% uh, of Americans would vote third party. So I just hope that it just... Like people finally wake up and go, well, I'm going to vote third party. Yeah. The one thing that makes me think that it, that might not, it, we might not be there yet is the fact 
so many people are so crazy about Trump that he's like the Antichrist or something that they're like, I can't, can't risk voting for a third party. We've got to stop him. I've got to vote for the Democrat. Or the, like kind of the same on the other side. These people are so deluded, like Trump's the only one trying to save America. These Democrats are trying to destroy it and make it a socialist country where they don't realize, yeah, Trump's doing a lot of kind of socialist things too. And Trump's passed more gun control measures than Obama ever did. And it's like, I don't know. They like nobody could see what's wrong on their own sides, and they feel like this is the biggest, most important thing, and you have to do anything you can to stop the other side. Where they're all corrupt, it's all nonsense. I don't know. Yeah, well, I just, I just hope that forty percent are the people that don't feel that way, and the majority of them aren't voting. Because I think, what was it, like 40% of Americans voted in 2016? Yeah, I think that's probably about right. So uh, those 40% could have easily said, just not voted last time. Yep. And I, I'm not even sure how I feel about the percentage of voting. I'm. I don't want everybody to vote. That means we get a hundred percent of the idiots if everybody votes. It's I don't I don't know. The whole the whole voting thing, I don't know if that's gonna change anything. I, I feel more important is just to change people's minds. And you know, if everybody, even no matter who's elected, if people are demanding something, they wanna get reelected. So it's a good chance they'll go along with it. But I think we gotta change the country first before we expect anything in Washington to change. Oh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it needs to be on all levels. I don't, I don't think, you know, there are a lot of libertarians who just focus on the uh, local elections and stuff that they say, like, we need to just do that. And I think it... I think the way that our country is, we need to do both. I agree. And something that's kind of become apparent here in Virginia, at least, is one local position that's really important is sheriff. That's an elected position. And sheriffs can do a lot of good to help people if they're going to if refuse to enforce some of these, you know, draconian laws that are being passed. Um, that's a one line of defense. I encourage any liberty-minded person that thinks they could actually get elected to maybe try to become sheriff. That could that could do a lot of good in a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not sure how that works. I mean, you know, how much pushback they have, you know, from the rest of the politicians in the area, like how much pressure they have. I mean, I think it would have to take a pretty special person to just say, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, they could at least make it more difficult for them. But I mean, if, if the state government really doesn't want it, they could get rid of it. We're going to get rid of this township that this he's the sheriff of. The hell with that. We're not going to have him there anymore. <laughs> but I mean... You know, 
short of that, they they could at least make it difficult and kind of try to speak out for people and stand up for things and maybe shift priorities a bit. But I don't know. I, I do appreciate everybody that's focused on the local level. I appreciate everybody that's doing like the hard work uh, on the national level, trying to get ballot access for libertarian candidates. I don't think there's one right way. I think we need to be doing all this stuff. I think people having podcasts, people just talking to their coworkers, you know, all this stuff is important. I don't think there's one way. Yeah, I think it's just trying to get that message out that resonates with the individual. You know, if someone's charity oriented, tell them about, you know, talk about the injustices of what's going on, about like how, you know, one of the things I always thought was weird growing up was the fact that people always are giving money to, I mean, this is going to sound weird maybe, but people are always giving money to poor kids in Africa when there are tons of poor kids in the U.S. So... To me, I would think, like, you know, you would want to help out the people in your area first and then go. And then I heard a couple of years ago there was a study done saying that people give, people stop giving charity when they believe the government is taking care of it. Yeah, I believe that. And I, and I don't understand sometimes too why, say something like Planned Parenthood, as much money as they spend defending it, they could just donate that instead and not have to worry about them getting any money from the government at all. Like the government doesn't have to be involved with it. If you, you, know, if you want something, donate to it. I mean, Americans donate more than anyone else. Like, and nowadays with, um, it's so easy with things like, like GoFundMes or what are some of the other ones? Uh, well, there, I mean, there's Kickstarter. I think Kickstarter and that. Because I, I mean, yeah. What, one thing that I remember recently, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, some guy went into like a, a Target and one of the display models of a like fancy toothbrush had like a price tag of a penny and he's like well massachusetts law you have to sell it for whatever the lowest marked one of it is and he's like gives the cashier this girl such a hard time then he calls the police to come there because she's violating the law and then like tries to shame her on twitter luckily everybody on twitter's like you're a dick and went after this guy and then they raised like $17,000 for this girl who works at Target for having to deal with this guy's crap. Just like in a second, people are like, okay, we'll donate all this money to this. I don't know if it was a GoFundMe or something like that, but they, you know, this guy drags her and people are like, no, that's not right. We're going to help you out. And I don't know. It was nice to see, but like so much money can be raised for so many things. And it's so easy nowadays. Like we don't need the government. What we need them to do is to stop screwing with the economy, stop destroying the value of our dollar, and then people will be able to help even more. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. Like, yeah, not everyone in this country gives to charity, but 
that's real. The people that don't give money to charity are usually people who can't afford to give anything what. Yeah. They're people living paycheck to paycheck, like literally paycheck to paycheck. You know, the Thursday before they get their paycheck, they have no money left. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, a lot of that's the government's fault. The, I think a free market economy, we would be much more prosperous and just the nature of Americans, we could take care of those that are still, you know, not doing well. And another thing about charity and government welfare, like when someone, if, if you're, I don't know, maybe you're messing up your life and a friend or your family or your church helps you out, you feel like a connection and you want to, you don't want to disappoint them. You want to turn things around to be better. If you're just getting a check cut from the government, you don't have any of that kind of, you know, it's like coming from this nameless, faceless source and it's, it just doesn't have the same effect. Or similarly, if you're a jerk to everyone, maybe nobody is going to help you out. Whereas if you know you're not going to get it from the government, maybe you should be a better person and nicer to people so that if you do have hard times, your friends and family and others would want to help you out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we see that in businesses all the time. You see businesses, you know, not like the Chick-fil-A's who, uh, you know, hold some questionable views, but don't act on them. There, there have been businesses where people act on things, you know, like treat other people badly, and they go out of business because people don't want to give them their money. Yeah, it, uh, it always seems funny to me when people boycott things like Chick-fil-A because I just think, like, as a libertarian, if I could only do business with companies I agree with, I'm like, I'd have to make all my own stuff grow all my own food to my home with them. Like, just because, you know, there's a beneficial transaction doesn't mean I 100% support and agree everything that whatever I'm interacting with, uh, whatever they believe and they're doing. Well, the weirdest thing is like, Chick-fil-A is always rated like number one in fast food for like customer service and that stuff. So, do you really believe any of that stuff about like so what the guy donates to a church that may be a little homophobic? He that's that doesn't get portrayed in the restaurants. Yeah, no, not at all. I've always been treated super well there. And even I mean, sometimes you go through like give me my food and say, God bless you, sir. There are some people out there that be, oh, I'm so offended. He said, God bless me. I'm an atheist and that's offensive. It's like, come on. This guy's trying to be nice. That's, you know, how he is. Whatever. It doesn't matter what you believe. It just, people love to get upset. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, what do you, I mean, I guess moving back to the election, what do you think about, uh, Hillary Clinton getting in the race. I think she wants to. I think if there's an opening or a way for her to do it, she would. It's she's been running. It seems like a, like a media tour right now. She has a documentary on herself coming out shortly. Um, 
she, she used to sound like Howard Stern. She was speaking to Variety, like saying she, has, she does have an urge to run, but she's not going to do it. I think if it turns out that there is a brokered convention, that we might actually see that happen. I think she'll reluctantly step in and say, you know, I didn't want to do this. Obviously, no one running has uh, the support they're going to need to beat Trump. I beat him before, but Russia cheated me out of it. So I think we could see that. And I think she'll lose again. And I think it will be hysterical. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's no question that she'd get destroyed by Trump and then, or, you know, get destroyed in the worst, maybe even lose the popular vote this time. Because people are just like, what the hell? Yeah. And then, because if she, if she gets in, especially like at the convention time, what are people, people are just going to have no choice but say, like, what the hell? There's, there's no way to spin it. No. It, oh man, I don't know. It would be so surreal. I don't know if you saw, there was, I guess, some Bernie event uh, recently, and I don't know if I'm saying her name wrong, but Rashida Tlaib, one of the congresswomen on the the squad with AOC, I guess somebody said something about Hillary Clinton and she like booed her. And now the whole establishment's like freaking out saying like, Bernie, you get her, better get control of your surrogates, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, like Bernie's treating Hillary Clinton so unfairly. It's like, are you kidding me? She stole the election from him. Then he, did all these campaign events for her and endorsed her. And now she's coming out saying nobody likes him. And I can't guarantee I would endorse him if you were the candidate. It's like, come uh, on. She, she's just so delusional. I mean, for <laughs> how long after the election was she saying she won? I think I, she's still saying that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she has said that she could beat Donald Trump again that word again <laughs> it's like you didn't beat him once so it, it's like the the cont it's not a popular vote like if it was i bet you trump would have run his campaign differently it's like you won a contest that wasn't the one that gets you the presidency it's not how it works and yeah and uh, you know i i remember right after Clinton lost the election, lost the electoral votes. I know there were a bunch of uh, states where she lost by like 100,000 or less. And people were so quick to blame Jill Stein or Gary Johnson. Yep. And I was like, there's no guarantee they would have voted for her. No. <laughs> like, they, if it was split 50-50, they would have, Trump still would won. Or I would think a lot, a majority of those voters would have stayed home. Yeah. And her calling everybody else like a Russian asset, it's, I, I just, I cannot believe it. And I can't believe that the Democratic Party and the mainstream media 
are still acting like Trump won because of Russia. Like, I don't think that's the case. And it hasn't come close to proven. The Mueller investigation didn't find any of that. And if you're talking about some, a, a few dumb Facebook ads, come on. Like, they're, they're either living in such a dream world or they're such just like liars and think we're all so dumb. I, I just can't believe it. It's insane. Yeah, I it's I really don't understand what the Democrats are doing and that. I just I can't even see uh, right now the way they're operating. I don't know how they could ever win again. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I don't know either. I mean, even just on like the state level, it seems like Virginians are so pissed off at what our democratic uh, like house of delegates and Senate and our governor are doing. I'm hoping that the Democrats will never be in control here again. I could be wrong, but it, I don't know. It really seems like there's a lot of anger towards what they're doing right now. I mean, there are Democrats that are gun owners and, are not happy that they're, they're not all like super far left authoritarian. Yeah. I mean, even here in uh, New Jersey, when they, uh, when uh, Murphy got elected as governor, when he, uh, he got elected pretty much because he was promising to legalize marijuana in the first 100 days or something. And he still hasn't done shit. He's like, he's allowed it to, he's allowed like a couple of the existing medical marijuana stores to open up like one satellite store. And that's it. They passed red flag laws in New Jersey too, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I feel like I saw an article recently talking about the number of people that they've arrested there for, or not arrested, but went and confiscated their guns, you know, it's based on hearsay pretty much since there's no due process involved. Well, yeah, I remember right after they passed the law in, uh, I don't know if it was right after they passed the law in Maryland or right like after they were talking about it. Someone was uh, shot in their uh, house because over a misunderstood dispute that a neighbor called it. Yep. Yeah, I, re I remember that. Uh, I. I don't know if there's been any more cases like that. Hopefully not. But I mean, those things are going to happen. You're going to have more gun violence trying to do this kind of thing. Yeah, it's... it's I, I really don't understand the thinking behind it. And especially, you know, as a Jewish person, I remember... You know, like, I don't understand how people can, when you bring up the fact that 
in Germany, in Germany, the Jews weren't allowed to have guns. Like that should be uh, like yeah. every person who identifies as Jewish, that should be, uh, okay, we need our guns. <laughs> I would think, and even in America, the first gun laws were they didn't want blacks to have guns. They're like, okay, they're, they're free now, but they can't have guns. Come on. Like all these gun control is like almost always racist. And it's whenever it happens, you know, th there's a lots of other authoritarian things that could happen. It's usually what happens after the guns are gone. You need to worry about. And it's yeah. <laughs> people like, like in Germany back then, like that's not that long ago. Everyone thinks like, oh, nothing like that could ever happen again. Or, oh yeah, well maybe things like that have happened in Eastern Europe, you know, in recent years, but yeah, it will never happen here. Don't be so sure. Yeah, I, I just, because, you know, I remember during the election, during the 2016 election, Everyone was comparing Trump to Hitler. Everyone was saying Trump's this awful, awful person who, you know, he's Hitler. And if that were true, if Trump was Hitler, wouldn't you want something to defend yourselves with? Yeah, it there's no consistency. It's like, even like on the left, they think the police are racist and terrible, but they should be the only ones with guns. It's like, are you guys thinking this through at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Going back to what you said earlier, though, about uh, the sheriffs in Virginia, you know, if someone, if you elect someone who could who just has the mindset of not enforcing the laws. We kind of saw that in New York under when the, when de Blasio made that comment about uh, public, he's, he said publicly after one of the shootings, you know, one of the police shootings, he made a public comment about his telling his son not to trust the cops because his son's interracial or biracial. Yep. And the cops basically just stopped enforcing the stupid laws. Yeah, and I, yeah, like crime went down too. Like, like even like piling crime, like things were better when the cops were doing nothing. Was, yeah, so <laughs> I, it, it's just crazy. Interesting times. It's, I don't know, so much going on. It's, I really hope it all works out well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the weirdest, one of the weirdest things that's come out recently is, so Joe Rogan endorsed Bernie Sanders. I don't know if it was on his podcast where he said it or if it was somewhere else. But now everyone's calling Bernie Sanders a white supremacist and yeah. saying that he needs to get rid of, he needs to 
basically treating Joe Rogan like David Duke. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm hoping the more and more they call regular reasonable people like Hitler or white supremacists, like it's just going to mean nothing. And, and I think what happened was, so it was on his podcast and it wasn't even like, like an endorsement. He just was saying, you know, I like Tulsi, I like Bernie's. Said, I, I think if the election were today, I'd probably vote for Bernie Sanders. And Bernie shared like that clip on social media. And then people started freaking out. Probably because people, I don't know if they all realize that Joe Rogan gets 200 million downloads a month. Like he, it's not only the biggest podcast, like even the biggest news show, I think is Hannity gets like a hundred million viewers. Like it's, they don't want this. And all the democratic candidates tried to go on his show. He's like, well, you know what? I like Tulsi. I like Yang. I like Bernie. He's like, the rest of them can fuck themselves. They're not coming on here. And it's. Well, yeah. I mean, the difference is like, I listened to all three of those interviews and Yang and Tulsi's, their interviews were, I felt like they were a conversation, like yeah. an open-ended conversation. Nothing really was off limits. But I felt Bernie Sanders' interview was very structured there was hardly any pushback on certain things at all and i don't know if it's just because joe's very ignorant about economics and things he just doesn't understand i don't know i i don't definitely i don't think it was like sinister or something but like I, I like joe rogan i just feel like he doesn't understand a lot of things and he's wrong on about a lot of things he's He's got good intentions. But I mean, that could be dangerous too. But I certainly, if I had to put him on a spectrum, I would say he's on the left, which oh, is yeah. like crazy that they're saying he's like a white supremacist, he's tra definitely. transphobe, racist, like right-wing nut. It's like, all right, one right-wing position I can think of is that he does support the Second Amendment, not even totally, but okay, he's got that going for him on, on the right. But most of his other views are pretty left leaning, and it's it's just crazy. This it's like living in like opposite world or something. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying uh, during the campaign in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Is that you know when you see like. Basically, there's a straight line, and at the far end is right, is, you know, like, the most conservative person, and at the far left is the most uh, lefty person. I don't even want to say liberal, because they're not liberal, really. Yeah. But, and then what was happening is the left side kept pushing further and further to the left. So uh, the middle kept pushing further and further to the left. So now a big chunk of people who were Democrats, well, who are Democrats, seem like Republicans. Yep. 
they've got a huge split in their party now. Um, there's like there's I feel like there's like a civil war going on in the Democratic Party. It's going to be very interesting to see how the like progressive like Bernie Warren AOC people react if uh, someone like Biden is their candidate or. I mean, I, I can't, unless someone from outside gets in, I can't see who else it could possibly be. I don't know if they're going to, if they realize how flawed Biden is, if they might try to start pushing Bloomberg down our throats, if that's why they're letting him in the debates and things. But I really hope it's not Bloomberg. I mean, he's, oh. the, he's the only one running that had anything to do with taking away our Second Amendment rights in Virginia. So I really don't like him. Well, I think I think Trump would destroy Bloomberg just because the second it's Bloomberg versus Trump, Trump will go, why do you try and take away our soda? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think any of them can beat Trump. Anyone who's right. Well, I think Tulsi Gabbard maybe could, but they would never, ever give her a chance. But besides her, I don't, none of the others have a, a shot in hell, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I think. I think Tulsi is the only one that would have a shot. And like you said, the rest are just, you know. I think they're starting to realize that. And that's why they're, we're seeing all these frantic efforts to try to remove him from office some other way. They're like, I feel like they know they're not going to be able to beat him at the ballot box, that they have to like get rid of him some other way. And it looks like they're probably on Wednesday going to acquit him. And I bet you the very next day there's going to be some new charges or some new scandal or some new something they're going to start pushing. They're not going to be like, okay, well, I guess we just need to try to win the election. I, they're not going to give up. It's, uh, it's, it's so transparent because basically the entire four years I mean, up until now, the entire Trump presidency has been, he's illegitimate. And we have to, he's not supposed to be president. Yeah, like, just let him do what he's doing. Even in, like, news articles, like, the New York Times, they call him Mr. Trump, not President Trump. Like, they won't, they won't admit he's the president. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's... And there's a lot I don't like about him, but the very best thing I think he's done is show us what the media really is. Like, they have been so enraged, they've let the mask drop, and we just see it's propaganda. Like, this is not news or any, not even close to unbiased. It's straight-up propaganda. And these people have no morals. It, it's... I think more and more people realize that now. I mean, people, most people knew the politicians were corrupt. I think everyone knows that the media is a joke now. And I think the next thing that has to happen is we need to view these college professors in academia with the same kind of disgust as we look at politicians in the media now, because they're doing a lot of damage, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, the problem with the media is, though, I think... There are there are still a lot of people like where I live. There are a lot of people who 
still believe everything MSNBC and CNN are saying about Trump. Yeah, my mom is one of them. She believes everything they say 100%. Even after it's proven wrong, she still believes it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know people who still think that Russia interfered with our election. Mm-hmm. And like, not, not the, what we know. Yeah, they bought. I mean, my whole thing is all we really know for sure is that they bought some Facebook ads. Yeah, and I don't even think that had to do with trying to sway the election. I think they were just click farms trying to make money. And they're well, like, oh, some of these crazy ads get people to click on our stuff. Let's say Hillary Clinton's Satan. Let's say Trump's this and that. People will click on it like, oh, what's this? Well, and they, get, and they it, get the clicks and they get the money. And the other thing is, okay, it originated from a company in Russia. Mm-hmm. How do we know that that's the Russian government? Yeah, uh, yeah it, it probably wasn't. But I mean, but something like that, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that those ads were coming from Russia. However, when we want to talk about the hack of the DNC or that kind of thing, it isn't even close to being proven. Someone who is a sophisticated hacker is going to hide their trails. They're going to try to misattribute to something else. They're saying just like, oh, there were some Cyrillic letters in the coding. It's like, all right, case closed, 100%. Not like anyone would do that to throw anyone off the trail or like trick anyone or something. It's like, come on. It makes way more sense to me that it was a leak from inside the DNC. It's, I don't know if, if we're going to be, if we concerned about foreign influence on our government, people should be looking at Saudi Arabia and Israel. Those are two countries that dictate a lot of what we do, you know, and they're not rigging the votes. They're, paying people off. They're donating money to the Clinton Foundation. They're, or even like we see like in Ukraine, you know, that's one way where, you know, you can't give money to a candidate. You can set their kids up with a, you know, high paying job. It's, it's just all corrupt. Yeah. Well, I just saw something talking about Oh, maybe it was defense contractors. And it was trying to say that defense contractors don't give money to politicians. But then in the same article, it was saying that it doesn't give money to the politicians. It gives money to their spouses and kids. Yeah, they're, like, they're what the hell? I'm sure they're not counting super PACs or anything like that either. It's yeah, I don't think there's any way to get money out of politics. There will be some way you can somehow. I mean, it's like with Obama. After you get out of office, hey, here's this multi-million dollar Netflix deal. Here's all this and that. Here's oh, we want you to come give a speech. We'll give you five hundred thousand dollars to talk to us for twenty minutes. It's I, I think you can't get the money out. All you can do is limit the power of government so they're not worth buying. You want to, you know, pull that power back so that why would you try to buy them off? You don't want them to be able to, you know, put their hand on the scale that much for any particular company or interest. 
Yeah, I made I made a meme a while ago that said, you know, the um the guy sitting at the table with the cardboard that says change my mind oh, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. bottom. So I said uh the only way to get money out of politics is to get politics out of money. Yeah. Because there is no way. We've seen it time and time again how companies are giving people money, giving politicians money that's, that has nothing to do with the campaign. Yep. And you always see big companies coming out like they're so concerned about this or that issue. Like you, you need to regulate us. So we understand that this is bad. So put all these regulations on us, knowing that their competitors or new businesses starting out can't afford that. So they use that to just kill their competition. Whereas they're acting like they're being so noble or something. It's like, well, this is going to cost us, but we can afford it. No one starting out is going to be able to compete with this. We'll get a stranglehold on everything. And they just, use that power of government to regulate or to tax or to print money and bail out the banks or whatever else they're, I mean, corporate welfare and government being in bed with these powerful entities is huge issue. Yeah. I mean, the, that was like the weird thing about, um, the whole Amazon coming to New York thing when they were going to have their headquarters. Like, on one side, like, you know, Amazon moving anywhere would be great because it brings in business and it provides jobs and everything. But it's also saying basically anywhere Amazon goes, they're going to go because they get tax breaks. And while I think, you know, they don't need, I don't believe any of these companies should be paying corporate taxes. I do have a problem with giving companies like Amazon tax breaks, but not the small companies that are struggling to pay rent. Yeah. It, it's a tough one. I, I'm with you. Like, I don't like the taxes period on anybody, but don't make the not well off bear at all. And, you know, just support all the people that are, you know, giving you kickbacks and helping you out. It's there's, I mean, it's, it's not fair, but it's also, I, I also can't get mad about a tax cut ever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I've spent enough time thinking about it, but less government, less taxes for everybody. I, I, you know, actually right now thinking about things, just priorities. Like if I was going to cut the size of the government and start getting rid of things, you know, I'm not going to start with food stamps. I'm not going to start with, you know, those kind of things. It's going to be like, well, let's stop all this military spending and killing people all over the world and actually making America more unsafe. Let's stop the corporate welfare. Let's, 
you know, my, my priority is I'm not going to these things that might actually, yeah, in the, maybe not in the long run, but in the short run, kind of helping somebody out. That wouldn't be where I'd focus. And if I'm trying to get taxes cut, it's got to be on, you know, the middle class or working people first. Though, so, I don't know, cutting classes and co- tax like corporations help them too, because then they can, yeah, taxes are bad. They're theft. It's, I don't know. Sorry for this rambling disjointed. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's, I think it, it shows how complicated all these situations are, is that, you know, when people ask, you know, people all the time, they ask, how are you going to do these things? Or like, I was asked, um, in uh, in a minimal minimal to no government society, our towns gonna have uh, stoplights, and I was like, "That's not anywhere close to what's gonna happen for years." Like, that's not part of the discussion right now. Yeah, and usually the answer is, I don't know how it's going to work. Somebody smarter than me is going to figure out something that I probably never could have even thought of. And it's, I guess, the more you see individuals solve problems that central planning from government hasn't been able to do anything, if they probably have just made whatever it is worse, like... I really do think the free market works. And when people are able to decide how to do things themselves, they're going to come up with great ideas, things that I couldn't have imagined. Like I did need to hear some plans of ways you could do a lot of these things first before I'm like, Oh yeah, there are other ways you can do it. Those are some examples. Maybe that won't be the way, but I don't know. Part of being a libertarian to me is just realizing that I don't know and I'm not going to dictate I'm going to let free people voluntarily figure the shit out. And I think they're going to do a better job of it than the government's done. Yeah. Uh, there probably are going to, you know, in, in a place like New York city, there are going to be stoplights because there's a lot of traffic and a lot of congestion, but in some rural town where 500 people live, why do you need a stoplight? Yeah, I mean, I've seen some instances where, like, the stoplights are out in places where there used to be all these traffic jams. People are taking turns going this way, then that way, and it's, it seems to be working even smoother than it did with the light there. Yeah, um, well, basically, if there's no light, people treat it like a four-way stop sign. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it happens all the time because up here... We've had power outages for a week from a snowstorm. Yep. And lights go out and people go normally, you know, the police put out a couple of stop signs, like temporary, the folding stop signs. And people just go about their business. No, no accidents, no nothing. Mm-hmm. People don't want to die. No. (laughs) 
no. It, nor can you stop all accidents from happening. There's there's no perfect solution to anything. It's I just feel like freedom will give us the the best or the better solutions. There's, yeah, and, like, th there's still be problems. Like if it was tomorrow a libertarian country, there's gonna be issues. I just think they won't be as bad as the issues we have now. And it also allows society. It allows little pockets of society to uh, say, uh, "I want to do this." You know, what's to say? Uh, you know, there's not gonna be some communist town somewhere where everyone decides we'll pull our all our resources together because we want everyone to share everything yeah man a libertarian society that's fine they can do that if they want as long as it's voluntary you're not making everybody else do it knock right. yourselves out yeah and then you know i mean really all that that's the same thing as like, that's not too far off from like um, the GoFundMe's that get propped up. It's just that everyone in the town is, you know, I guess they don't need a reason to share the money. They just do it. Yep. And that's fine because you know, if if someone ends up doing not pulling their weight, you can either, as a society, as a town, kick that person out, or you, as an individual, could say, "I can't do this anymore," and leave. Yeah, that made me think of. I don't, did you know that when he was younger? Bernie Sanders got kicked off of like a hippie commune for being lazy and not doing any work. Yeah, I think <laughs> I had heard that. It's so funny to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, these guys, they don't, I mean, there was, I just heard yesterday that in the city, in New York, uh, there was, there were Antifa protests because they wanted the subway system to be free. Yeah, I saw a video of that. It got a little out of hand. They they wanted subway system to be free and they didn't want cops around. Which, yeah. You know, I'm kind of sympathetic to the cops not around aspect of it, but nothing's free. That stuff doesn't just magic itself into it existence or maintain itself and run itself like it's not how this works it reminds well, me kind of the yellow vest protesters in france from what i gather they want less taxes but more free stuff from the government and it's it's like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work that way yeah it's i mean i don't understand it because I don't understand how these people don't realize that if you're just, if you're getting it for free, that just means more money is coming out of your paycheck. Mm -hmm. And then 
really any time the government is put more in charge of things, the quality almost always goes down. Yeah, I can't think of anything that the government has full control over where the quality has gone up. Nope. I mean, it, I think it comes down to like, if you're trying to make a profit, you're going to do it efficiently and you want to do it well, especially if you're competing and there's other things that you have to be better than like, whereas with the government, if the money just comes in and it doesn't matter, you don't have to worry about what you spend it on or how you spend it, or you're not going to be able to get fired unless you like kill someone and how motivated are those people going to be? It's just, it's never going to be as good. Um, I mean, I understand in some, uh, European countries, like some of the Scandinavian countries, Bernie Sanders always saying, that's the kind of socialism I'm talking about. Like their market is actually a lot freer and they have a lot less regulations. They do pay a lot in taxes and they get stuff back for it. It can be done, but it's usually in smaller, more close knit types of areas. Um, I don't know. It's still not the best way to do it. And I would rather decide what to spend my money on than have the government take it and tell me what's good for me and how we're going to do things. Well, and it's also, you know, the big thing that always gets brought up about those countries is the free health care. And there have been many stories about you know, just talk to people who are sick in those countries and see how it's going for them. Yeah. Talk to people who are sick and talk to people who are too sick. The people that are too sick, they cut off their treatment because they cost too much. Yeah. I mean, this might be overly simple, but I really think, you know, you could have quality healthcare, you could have affordable healthcare, a universal healthcare. You can only have two of those three things. Pick two. You could have healthcare for everyone that's terrible, but affordable, or you could have healthcare for everyone that's good, but super expensive, or you could have affordable, good healthcare that most people can get. And some people are going to have to get some help. But you, you can't have all three. You can't have good, affordable health care for everyone. It just it doesn't work. And like we were talking about earlier with GoFundMe, if, if we got rid of the uh, government regulations requiring, you know, basically what Obama did, requiring... Uh, pre, uh, you know, uh, preconditions. Yeah. First of all, healthcare prices will go down, and the people who have cancer and stuff like that, who need surgeries and need chemo and can pay for it they'd go to GoFundMe and uh, in seconds they'd get funded. 
because people want to help other people. Yeah. Or if, if say like my mother needed help with medical bills, if I wasn't paying like close to 50% of my salary and taxes, I would be in a much better position to help with that. And especially if all the government interventions that were making healthcare so expensive, if it was less expensive and I had more money, I would easily be able to help. And, you know, those kind of situations. I, I mean, these healthcare companies, they need to have to compete. Like I should be able to buy a, an insurance plan from India if I want, like, why not? Like, why am I boxed into Virginia? It's because that's how they wanted it. Cause they don't have to compete. I mean, I mean, that's like a small aspect of it. There's so many things that need to change about the way, the way healthcare is done. Um, but everything that the government's dumping money into like, healthcare and education just gets more expensive. Whereas everything else we buy, the prices go down with efficiency and competition and technolo technological advances like computers, TVs, phones, everything I buy, like they get more affordable as time goes on. Everything the government is flooding money into gets more expensive. And that's not an accident. It's just, it's not a coincidence. That's what happens. They need to get out of it let there be competition. And I would hope that insurance plans would come out where it should be more like, like to me, like more like the way car insurance is like my insurance doesn't pay for my gas or for like an oil changes that. But if I get in an accident, that's what it's there for. You know, it's these big expensive things that people can kind of share the risk in. We're all, you know, paying in if something unfortunate happens, then you've got that. Whereas if people are actually paying for the day-to-day -day services, they would be like, well, what's the cost of it? Oh, it's cost that much? Well, what about this other place? What, what does it cost there? And looking at the reviews, oh, this one's got a five-star review, 30,000 people, and they've better price. Like people would be able to shop. They'd have to compete. Prices would come down. And again, it's just this, another small part of it, like things like the FDA, the billions that you have to spend to get new medications approved and the time that it takes, like really hurts us. I know theoretically they don't want something unsafe to get out in the market, but we have more people die here waiting for these things to come out than in other countries where things go through quicker, uh, just from our drug lag. There's, they made such a mess out of just about every aspect of the healthcare system that it's, it either has to drastically change. I, I, I hope we don't have to wait for it to just like fail and collapse before we can do something reasonable, but it's a mess and it's all the government's fault. Yeah, and, and that's one of the places where Trump's actually doing a pretty good job is in the healthcare field because, you know, he passed the right to try law the right to try bill so basically expanding you know people's ability to try experimental yeah. drugs i am very for that i mean it makes no sense to me to not let someone just try like if they don't have any other option like we don't stand behind like the regulations are supposed to help people that's not helping it's you know it's right. just arbitrary and the other thing he's trying to do where he, he actually passed an executive order was 
to require hospitals to post their pricing. And basically every hospital is pushing back on it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't like government dictates, but hey, if you're taking all this government money, all right. <laughs> I think this is a, it's a good thing to know the prices. I'm not going to be that upset about it. I would rather the government have nothing to do with it, but that's that's better in my opinion. I think it's not a bad thing. And you know, my whole thing is like if there's you know, in our current situation there is a government so anything the government can do to make it better for the people, that's fine by me. Yeah. The problem is, it's very rarely that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually it's incrementally getting worse and not incrementally getting better. But yeah, I, I will take a slightly better option than, you know, just continuing the same way, even though it may not be exactly what i want if we're going in the right direction I, I mean that's that's all we can hope for really i think yeah i i mean i just you know there has to be uh, i mean it's not it won't although there are hospitals i just read about a clinic that opened up that's Basically, every treat, every visit is $35. No matter what they do, everything's $35. You walk in, $35. So basically, you could easily have that plus, like what you were saying, a catastrophic insurance in yeah. case you break your leg or something like that. Yeah. Thank Catastrophic insurance would be much more affordable than insurance that has to cover sex change operations and, you know, everything under the sun. Like, why do I need to pay for, say, like, pregnancy or maternal care things if I'm a man and I'm not gonna, you know, let me pay for what I want, what I need. I should be able to, like, it should be kind of a la carte. Like, okay, these are things I'm at risk for, things that I don't think I'd be able to handle the cost for. This is the kind of plan I'd like it'd be nice to have options and to be able to choose and let, you know, what people are demanding and what they want to pay for and what's working, let that win out. Let the, let the market cater to the, the healthcare consumer. Yeah. And people also talk about, um, like the pre-existing conditions, people with pre-existing conditions and how, you know, if it's not required by the government to offer pre-existing conditions, then uh, they're just going to be uninsurable. But in a completely free system where people have, where companies have to compete with each other, who's to say there aren't going to be a, a few companies that offer some kind of cared of pre-existing insurance, pre-existing yeah. conditions. I mean, even if it's, even if they're just looking for good PR, like companies will spend a lot of money to look good, to, to be like, yeah. see what we're doing, you know? And I understand if premiums might be a, a bit higher and it's probably, 
important to stress to people like young kids that, hey, I know you're young and healthy now, but you should, you know, get into a plan where as long as you're paying from now and you keep doing it, even if something happens, you're still going to be covered. So people don't wait till like, like a car insurance example, like after I wreck my car, then I'm going to go and get insurance when I didn't have it at all. And it's like, they can't really run a business that way. You know, maybe some other group might help me out and help me afford it, but it's, I don't know. People need to take a little bit of responsibility, but I also think that there's be a lot of charity, like Americans give more than anyone and there's just better ways to do these things. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, really, let's just hope that we don't end up with Elizabeth Warren's $50 trillion Medicare for all plan. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's ridiculous. Like, I think uh, Americans pay like $3.2 trillion in taxes in total. How are we going to afford another $2 trillion a year? <laughs> you, you just, you can't. And, it's just, and she won't even admit that your taxes will go up. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I appreciate about Bernie Sanders. When Bernie Sanders was asked, will middle class taxes go up? He was like, yeah, but they'll get more, you know, his line about you'll get yeah. more value for it, which yeah, I, we all know isn't true. I much prefer him to Elizabeth Warren. At least, I mean, I think he's, he's, more genuine i don't i think he's a, you know a little bit shady too he knows he he's got to know it's that some of this stuff doesn't work but she's just such a liar and besides these disastrous plans like now she's pushing getting rid of the electoral college and it's like oh okay so the couple big cities on the coast get to decide everything for everyone forever fourth like why would any states in the middle of the country even stay in the country if that's was going to be the case like that's makes no sense to me. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I do want that. So states will secede and break this thing up and we could have smaller governments that can uh, try to do things better and compete for citizens. But it's, she's got awful ideas and she's a liar and terrible. I don't know. I don't know what else yeah. to say about her. Yeah, she's, she's just awful and I mean, even Bernie Sanders, just the fact that Last election, he was talking about how evil the millionaires and the billionaires were. And now he dropped the millionaires because he is yep, one. Yep, yep, exactly. So it's just, they're all full of shit. It's just, they're all, they are, the shit is at different degrees. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, these were both terrible, but this one's even a lot more terrible than this one. And uh, I mean, he's got some good aspects to him. He's like what he's been trying to do to stop this genocide we're helping the Saudis commit in Yemen is great. Like he's admitting that Iraq and Afghanistan were mistakes and wants to pull the troops out. Um, like if we had a Republican in Congress and Senate that wouldn't let him pass any of his crazy socialist ideas, he wouldn't be the worst. I just... Um, I wish he led with some of these better things. Like they're, it's more like he doesn't bring that stuff up unless he's asked about it. It's these, uh, 
old socialist ideas seem to be his focus, unfortunately. Right. And, and that's really, I mean, if you look at Tulsi Gabbard and Bernie Sanders on their policies, they're probably very similar. The difference is Tulsi Gabbard leads with the anti-war stuff and yeah. Bernie Sanders never mentions it. Yep, exactly. I feel like she's got her priorities a little straighter. Yeah, but, and I mean, even, I don't even have, I mean, look, I don't want that to happen because she's saying if we bring home our troops, we can put that money towards the people. I think, you know, clearly, I think it should just be given back to the people in, you know, cutting taxes. But I think, you know, giving people, you know, more welfare is still better than, you know, having people die overseas. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'd rather we just get the money back, but I'd rather you spend it on the folks here than on destroying nations and trying to be a hegemon and over in the Middle East. Like, yeah. I disagree with you there, Tulsi, but that is better, and I would take that in a heartbeat for sure. And... You know, you had mentioned the fact that she co-sponsored the audit of Fed bill. I really want to have her come on to go on a libertarian or a liberty-minded podcast or show and have someone ask her about that. What would, what's her thinking on that? Why did she do it? Yeah. Does she have some inkling that we can take advantage of and, you know, like, because I, I really like the fact that she went over and met with Assad and tried to talk with him. Yeah. And she met with Donald Trump and tried to talk to him. So mm -hmm. to me, that says a lot. If you're willing to sit down and talk to people, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. And I actually think I'm going to exempt her from that thrall corrupt liars category. I do. I actually kind of think she might be a genuine person and that she's doing what she believes is right. Which, unfortunately, doesn't get you the nomination in the Democratic Party. They kind of frown upon that. No, it doesn't. And I mean... I saw an article that said the anti-establishment people, the anti-establishment wing of the Democratic Party preferred Tulsi to Bernie, but I don't know. I, I just feel like there are way too many Democrats who are going to vote for the Democratic candidate no matter what. Mm -hmm. And as long as there are that there are enough people like that, no one's ever going to learn. Yeah, in Virginia, we we have open primaries, so you, since nobody is running in 
well, since the libertarians don't have primaries and since there's no Republican one, I'll, I'm going to vote in the Democratic primary. I'll vote for Tulsi if she's still in. Um, if she wasn't, I'll probably vote for Sanders just because I don't, like him getting screwed over just reminds me so much of them screwing over Ron Paul. And you know what? The hell of the Democratic establishment. And I don't think maybe it's a, a good time. Let's have the capitalism versus socialism argument. Let's talk about it. Even though, you know, Trump's not a real capitalist, Bernie's not really a, a real socialist either, but at least we could have that discussion. You know, it's, you'd make for good podcasting at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my, uh, I, I really don't think those, the, uh, like, big socialist policies that they're pushing are going to happen any time in the near future. No. So to me, uh, like Bernie Sanders, it's kind of harmless because yeah. a lot of what he says is never going to happen. Yeah, even if they were elected president, I don't think most of that stuff gets passed. But as a president, you do have a lot of influence on foreign policy. So that's something where someone like a Tulsi Gabbard could make a big difference. Someone unlike Trump who will actually stand up to the military industrial complex and really bring the troops home and say, no, I'm the commander in chief. They're coming home. Whereas some of the other more socialist economic or, you know, benefits programs and things, I think will have a hard time becoming a reality. Yeah, because I think every Republican is going to vote against it. And I do think there are a bunch of Democrats who would vote against it also. I think the Republicans are going to pick up seats in the House and the Senate. I, I think the Democrats have been embarrassing themselves badly. Well, yeah, the whole impeachment thing is just... It's such a joke. And there are numbers that it's losing support amongst the people day by day. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, was, I wasn't shocked to see Romney voting to drag it out more and try to bring in witnesses. Yeah, well, I, not surprised. No, I, I haven't really been paying attention to any of that because it is such a joke. I'm just like, let it, let whatever happens, happens. And yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I hope the Libertarian Party picks Jacob Hornberger so someone can spread the message. I'm under no delusion he'll become president. If they pick someone awful and it's Trump versus some awful Democrat, I'm probably going to like write in John McAfee or something. Like it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Yeah, I we'll mean see. the whole the whole voting third party at this point really is just a protest vote. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And, and I'm more, like, I really don't think voting is going to change anything right now. I just want someone who can get attention and change minds, change as many Americans' minds as we can. I mean, that's, that's all I want. That's why, even though Tulsi has zero chance of winning, I'm thrilled that she was on the debate stage and able to get these ideas out there to people that I know a lot of people attacked her for it, but I'm sure a lot of people heard that. I was like, she, this makes sense. Why are we fighting these wars? It's been 20 years. This is ridiculous. 
And even well, now that she's being excluded, she still is getting a lot of attention on social media. And things like Hillary Clinton attacking her is only helping her and giving her more spotlight and more notoriety. And the last thing you had mentioned, you'd like her to be on a libertarian podcast. I think there's a chance that she might go on Michael Malice's show. That would be awesome. He's, I know he was talking to like one of her like PR people. And I, I mean, it, especially as it gets to the point where she realizes she doesn't have a shot. I mean, why not? Well, I heard, I forget who was saying this, but someone was saying that they had, they were talking to her campaign manager or something and said that she had interest or they had interest in getting her on a libertarian podcast with a good following. Yeah, I, th- I think that might have been Dave Smith. I know she follows him on Twitter now. So at least maybe she's getting some good advice saying what he has to treat out. But um, I've noticed sometimes when she talks and she's doing some of these press things, she's throwing some stuff out there that I think she's doing to attract libertarians like on purpose. I, I, I don't I don't think she's lying about those things, but I think she's like, oh, I believe this. And I should probably mention it too, because libertarians will hear that and support it. And I think she has mentioned libertarian a couple of times. Oh yeah, she did. She also like like shouted out to Nick Sarwark of like, oh, no one told her we don't like him. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, at this point, anything's good. You know, even if she's shouting him out, you know, it's fine because. Yeah. He and, uh, he's he's done some good things this year. I, he was on The Morning Joe on MSNBC, and I thought he had a good appearance. And um, he was on somebody's podcast. So I, I can't think of whose. And it was pretty Definitely good. Definitely not Dave Smith. No, 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 no. It wasn't that one. Oh, that was this year too. Oh yeah. That was awful. That was man, I was Oh my god. That you should vote for Hitler if he's the LP candidate. Or I don't know if I took more offense to that or like if it being John McCain or Cheney or I don't know. I, I don't get it. I I mean we met him at Porkfest. He's he's a nice guy. I just I don't see things the way he does at all. At yeah, all. <laughs> He seemed nice. I mean, he seemed like, and I wonder how many of, I mean, I do, you know, I always wonder this with politicians, how much of what he says is actually what he believes, or if he just thinks it's like a strategy type thing that he's trying to do. It might be strategy, but he's got to realize the left is never going to like us. They're not going to ever accept us. They're going to turn around and call us racist, white supremacists, like the drop of a hat. If we say one thing they disagree with, it's, it's not, there's no use like this virtue signaling to the far left with these like progressive kind of nonsense ideas. I do, I do think there are some people that are like on the fringes of the far left that you can reach out to. 
Yeah, but I think it's more effective if it's issues that really matter, like stopping killing people overseas or stopping the drug war that's putting so many families in jail and like destroying like the lives, especially minority communities. Like real issues and not like, oh, transgender people should use whatever bathroom they want. Like it's kind of surface level things. Oh yeah. Like, it has, it's, it's just like nonsense virtue signaling that. Yeah. It has, it has to, it has to be real issues that you, but I do. The one thing I will say about the far left is that some of their issues like on the basis, their issues are real issues. They just take a big left yeah. turn and uh, have some weird solutions for those issues. Yeah, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on everyone on the left because there are some good leftists. Like I, I really liked the journalism work that like Matt Taibbi has done or like things like the Glenn Greenwald stuff they've written. Um, oh. Yeah, Taibi is a little. When I saw that he had a podcast now called "The Useful Idiots," that's kind of weird. To me. <laughs> like, I just noticed that yesterday. Actually, it's just funny. Like, does he know? Is does he know what the term is, or does he just? And like, it's a sarcastic. Because I've never listened, so I don't know if it's like some quiet, some like sarcasm <laughs> thing, or if it's he actually wants to be a useful idiot. Like, if he's just <laughs> separating those two terms. And I don't know. I haven't heard your show either, but he's had some articles in Rolling Stone, a bunch about like Russiagate and stuff that makes sense and it's right. And it's. And he's someone that's, you know, consistently anti-war and stuff, things like that, too. And it's it's good to see, you know, good, genuine people on the left. You know, we may disagree about lots of things, but, you know, it's all right in my book, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people who, uh, you know, you have to make allies, I guess, kind of, you know, kind of like, uh, keep your enemies. What, what's the saying? Like, uh, keep your <laughs> friends close and your enemies closer, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, like, you have to, like, like the Glenn Greenwalds, and I mean, I even uh, I enjoyed Jimmy Dore also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was on Scott Horton's podcast recently. Was he? And they they disagreed on a couple things during the episode, but it, I enjoyed it. It was he, he had a lot of good points on a lot of things. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I have I don't like his podcast, but that has more that completely about like the format of it that's not about like what he's saying because I do think that a lot of what he says you know like 
I think it's a good way. His podcast is a good way to hear like rational leftist ideas, yeah. I guess you want to say. Like, you know, he does think this Trump stuff is ridiculous. So, you know, he's just more of a and rational. That, and that doesn't mean he's endorsing Trump like a lot of people would have you believe. It's no, so funny. it doesn't. And I mean, like, I wish he would put out a podcast just without his stupid, because he does like these stupid phone calls. Uh, I haven't like, ever he heard his people, podcast. He has people like other comedians do impressions. Mm. So I'll have someone doing a Vince Vaughn impression. And he'll have a fake phone call with Vince Vaughn. Or he'll have a fake phone call with Bernie Sanders. Or a fake... And it's just annoying. Like, it's just... In the middle of the podcast, it pops up. Like, like where someone would have an ad, he has that. And it's uh, just... It throws you out of things. I don't know. And yeah. it's just... It's not funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, red team hates blue team, but I consider anybody who's anti-war an ally. I don't care what party you are or what. If, if we can work with folks on anything good for our society and for the world, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, we just have to... I I kind of feel like that's... There are a bunch of libertarians who feel that if someone doesn't agree with you on everything, like they're not good, like you need to disassociate with them. Yeah. And I just don't understand that. You have to make your allies where you can. Yeah, I think one example is recently with criminal justice reform, you've had people like Ray and Paul working with like Cory Booker and then, you know, President Trump doing things for criminal justice reform. It's, you know, there's people on the right and the left that are doing things that are, you know, correcting injustice and making a real impact on people's lives, getting people out of jail who should have never been there to begin with. And you need those kind of things to happen. You can't just be moral enemies with the other side. And I don't know, people are people, bad politicians less so, maybe some of them are lizards, I don't know. But we just, I don't know, like we, we need to get better just communicating our ideas because I think you touched on this earlier. Like a lot of times we all want the same thing. It's just how you get there. We have completely different ideas. It's like libertarians, like we want people to have good health care, and they're like, no, you want grandma thrown off the cliff or whatever. It's like, no, I just think that the way you're talking about doing it is going to make it worse for everyone. It's like, we don't want people starving and businesses just making so much profit like no we want everyone to be prosperous and i don't know like the a lot of times the the end the, like the 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 ideal is kind of the same it's just totally different worldviews on how to approach something like like the end result yeah and i think the different look if we were, if this was a thousand years ago before, 
you know, there was any uh, um, examples of situations of different systems, then there would be more of a discussion. But at this point, we've seen socialized healthcare in, you know, in action, and we've seen how that works out. We've seen countries like Venezuela that have basically socialized a lot of their industries. And we've seen how that works out. So to me, we already know that the leftist solutions don't work. We have many examples of that. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, I don't think there's any argument to free markets working the best. Yeah. I feel like the problem is the educational system is failing people. And also what we have right now isn't free market capitalism, but people think it is. And all the problems that we see from the corruption and the cronyism, they think of that as capitalism and just a lot of confusion, I think. Yeah, and I do think that, I mean, I do find it hopeful that things like YouTube and things like podcasts are becoming more and more popular and things like uh, live TV are sort of going by the wayside. So I think over time, more and more people are going to, you know, be able to wake up to some of our ideas, maybe. Yeah. I think people are able to see innovation in capitalism at work with things like when like Uber and Lyft started kind of, you know, making people's lives better and breaking the monopoly of the cab and industries. But then the government tries to like strangle it and destroy that. But it's like, we need more of that, more of these like innovative market solutions that people can see with their own eyes and experience and say like, wow, we didn't need the government for that. This is so much better in the way things were. Maybe, you know, we can do things on our own and it will work out and it will be profitable. Like in capitalism, you make money by providing value to other people. Like nothing wrong with that. It's all voluntary. If you can provide someone else value, they will pay you. And one of the examples I've been using recently about government corruption is the whole vaping thing. Oh my God, yeah. Because I'm like, vaping, the government's not even saying vaping is bad. Because if they thought vaping was bad, then they would ban all vaping. They're gonna cost people their lives. They so are. many people are gonna go back to smoking cigarettes. It's it's disgusting. I don't know what's behind it or who's pushing it. Like one thing I noticed was that um, the company Jewel, Altria yeah. owns like 33% of them. Altria is like, like Marlboro, I think. Yeah. And they like voluntarily 
went along with all this stuff like oh yeah yeah we'll get rid of all our flavors except for tobacco and, men and menthol and oh okay, yeah 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 we'll do all this and that it's like don't give in come on fight for yourselves are you are you really just working for the cigarette companies <laughs> come on well i think the jewel has probably the biggest market share in the vaping industry right now so and because they are owned partly by Altria. There's probably something going on there. They probably just want to stomp out the little guys and then oh yeah, a couple of years from now, be like, oh no, actually, this is fine. It's much better than smoking once they control it all. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, so... It me nuts. Yeah, I had um, Joel from Evaporate on, and he was talking about this... Um, ruling where that was made like 20 years ago where um, cigarette companies are have to give a certain amount of their profits to the government. So I think that because with the influx of vaping, with the introduction of vaping, that cigarette sales have plummeted since then. So I think this is a way for the cigarette companies to gain money while the government also gains money because if the cigarette sales go up, that means the government revenue goes up. Yeah, I mean, the government doesn't really want people to stop all this stuff because they make so much tax money off of it. Like, sure, maybe they want to cut down on healthcare costs that they pay out, but they want that cigarette tax money. They don't want zero people smoking. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's the biggest. The whole thing was such a lie. Like, everybody that was getting sick were from illegal black market THC products, like not the legal um, vape things were being sold. And so what are they doing now? Probably pushing more people towards the black market as they're taking things off the, the shelves. Oh, it's, yeah. They are, they, they can't be that dumb. They can't. It's No, they're not. They definitely know what they're doing. There's definitely something going on. Someone's getting paid off. Yeah, Something and, it's, so. and it's gonna kill people. Yeah, and I do think you know the reaction from people when I tell them what's going on, and tell people that they're not actually banning vaping. Vaping still gonna exist. It's just these flavors aren't gonna exist. Yeah, and I liked the mint jewel pods, and now they're gone, and it's. I'm so angry about it. <laughs> For a while, some places still had some. I'd like go out of my way, and then eventually everywhere ran out, and there's no more. Well, it it's gonna be like that Seinfeld episode where uh, Elaine they stopped selling her favorite um, contraception product, and she went around the city trying to buy up <laughs> all of them. I remember that now. <laughs> so, 
So, all right. Well, I think we should uh, wrap it up. Yeah. So uh, just let everyone know anything that you want them to know. Sure. Um, mostly you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Howard Snowden, I think. If you just search Howard Snowden, Howard Snowden, they'll come up. And I'm very often a guest on the Lions of Liberty podcast. You could uh, find out at lionsliberty.com or just search Lions of Liberty on Facebook. All right, that's it. So um, I will put links to those. I mean, you know, Mark, Odie, and Brian have been on the show before. So, you know, I mean, long time people who have been listening to this from the beginning or go back and listen to previous episodes are familiar with the Lions of Liberty, probably. I've mentioned them also a couple of times. Nice. But, uh, you know, in discussions with other people. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, Thanks uh, for having me on. It was a good time. Sure. Thanks for coming on. And you guys know what to do. Check out uh, all the podcasts and platforms. We're on there. I guess if you're listening to, to this, you don't need to know that. But, uh, yeah, give us a rating. Give us a five-star rating or review. You know, subscribe. To, tell your friends to subscribe. Anything that you can do. And uh, we're on all the social medias. You can find all the information out on the unusefulidiots.com. And, uh, yeah, support us. That's the other thing. Go, go on the website and find out the different ways to support the podcast. And uh, that's it. See you guys. Bye.